I saved big money with the Progressive Home and Auto Bundle, so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs. Watch out, Fairway. Here I come. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good afternoon, good evening, North. Today I'm going to ready this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today. And can I just say, I, I mean, it wasn't the, it was probably the easiest prediction in the world that the war between Epic Games and Apple was going to heat up to an extreme degree. That was probably easily the easiest prediction in the world but holy cow has it heat up first though we're going to talk about another easy prediction that was i'm pretty sure even i made it it's been so long ago i completely forgot eight years oh wait, no not eight years ago when did it become part of facebook i can't remember exactly but oculus vr which i have been misspelling all week When it became a division of Facebook, we predicted that it's only going to be a matter of time before terrible elements of Facebook leak into Oculus. And Oculus promised us, don't worry, don't worry, fam. It's all going to be good, man. Everything's going to be fine, man. Oh yeah, ignore the fact you have to sign into Facebook to to use some social features, man. Everything's going to be fine. We're, we're just going to be ourselves, man. It's all going to be great, man. Well, much like my terrible impression of an oblivious hippie, Oculus has now pretty much completely been consumed by Facebook as Oculus accounts will no longer work On your Oculus VR headset, you will now have to, underline, have to, use your Oculus VR headset with a Facebook account. And like that, Oculus is dead. I mean, let's be honest. Who wants to go buy an Oculus headset? I'm waiting. Anyone? Anyone? No, no, I don't think anyone is going to want to use an Oculus headset now. Freaking no one. And for and like I said in the early bird briefing. Thank God for freaking HTC stepping up in a huge way in the VR space. And to Valve for stepping up in a huge space. Like, it's pretty much just HCC and Valve right now as far as VR headset leaders. 
There's a few other small ones here and there. I think Samsung has one. I don't know if it can work independently of itself. Like, I want to say the one made by Samsung is just like an expensive, uh, like, viewfinder. Like you'd have as a kid. How many people even remember the old viewfinders? Where you'd put in like a cardboard disc with, uh, with film in it. And you'd look through it and it has like a little lever on the side. Like an animated version of that is basically what Samsung has. And actually, I think, I think Google actually made exactly that. That looks like an old uh, viewfinder with a, uh, so you just put your phone in. I'm getting off track though, aren't I? I'll, I'll put it very bluntly. Let me just summarize this entire story in a nutshell. Facebook is like a giant parasite that assimilates every single company it buys until it's a shell of what it formerly was. Until it's just basically a dangling corpse that it waves around and goes, Hey kids, I'm Oculus. You can trust me. <laughs> That's what Oculus is right now. It is now a husk of what it used to be. And, oh, by the way, I'm not the only person to come to this conclusion. <laughs> Pretty much everyone else absolutely hates the fact that this has happened to Oculus. And apparently I accidentally have the exact same story twice in my stack from two completely different sources. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just be blunt. Just go Valve Index or go HTC Vive. It's that simple, really, at least in my opinion. Let's shift gears to the other uh, giant parasite in the world of uh, social media. The TikTok wants to assure everyone that they're not the bad guy. No, no, no. We go ahead and go out of our way to make sure that everything is perfectly fine. Someone in chat says they trust Facebook. They are lying. No one trusts Facebook. Stop that. You're a liar. In any case, now that I'm done calling out liars in the chat, or people who are blissfully ignorant, and if you're blissfully ignorant, STOP TRUSTING FACEBOOK! I don't think I could say that much more clearly. But in any case, TikTok wants to assure you that they are, in fact, a legitimate, and definitely not a giant spy organization. And they totally are out looking for, looking for ways to make sure that everything is a safer community for you. Why, in fact, they have gone on, they have gone down and censored plenty of hate speech with no real clear guidelines as to what hate speech is. You know, (laughs) you know what the problem is? With uh, 
with trusting a Chinese company to say that, don't worry, we self-censor ourselves. China doesn't exactly have the best record right now for uh, having an open mind as to what's considered hate speech. I'm just saying. Just saying that, yeah, don't worry. We're a safe community and we totally, totally have removed over 380,000 U.S. videos for hate speech without a clear definition of what hate speech is, you know, from a company that operates in communist China that considers free Hong Kong hate speech that, uh, that doesn't help at all. I'd also like to say I find it very fascinating that according to TikTok, they have removed 380,000 videos in the U.S. for rules against hate speech and have taken down 64,000 hateful comments. How the heck do the how do the heck do the videos outweigh the troll comments? Maybe I'm just looking too far into that. Well, in any case, despite the fact that TikTok says they plan on playing nice and totally are innocent in all this, um, they will still, despite the ban facing them, continue to operate in the U- U.S. Despite the ban. Wait, so you're going to play nice, but you're going to ignore the... Who else thinks that TikTok is kind of just behaving like... Like a complainy, like, toddler or something? This seems bizarre. Chat wants to know how many videos of Free Hong Kong were removed or Tiananmen Square. That's the question. They're not saying. And that's part of the problem. I just received a ping. Okay, it wasn't important. (laughs) So, we'll see how this thing all shakes out with TikTok. In the meantime, though, uh, Oracle has now entered the ring for potentially acquiring TikTok's U.S. operations. Why is it all the tech companies you least expect are interested in TikTok? First, Microsoft, now Oracle? Oracle, if you're unaware, is a company that is mostly involved with a lot of uh, enterprise and data center software. That's mostly what they do. They're responsible for... um, God. I am now blanking on a lot of... uh, 
a lot of things. MySQL, I know that I know they're in charge of one of the big uh, virtual machine systems. Oracle's in charge of. I know it's not VMware, but there's another one that Oracle's in charge of. Um, Oracle did consume like some microsystems long ago. Of course, only nerds like me even know what Sun Microsystems even even is. So there's that. God, why am I blanking on like everything that Oracle does? I should like know this off the top of my head. Like Oracle's actually a big deal in the software space. Yeah, the yeah Oracle makes the Spark. Do they still make Spark servers? I thought Spark servers were discontinued. Oh, their database server. Oh, oh, oh. When you were when you said Oracle earlier, you meant the Oracle database um, software. Right, 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 right. Th- th- thank you, uh, chat. But yeah, it's a, it's a. It's a big business software vendor that's out looking to acquire TikTok. Wouldn't you have thought it would have been people like Google or Facebook? Facebook actually would have probably been rough. I could have seen Verizon doing it. Verizon went and acquired like AOL quite quite a ways back. I could I could see like some mo- some mobile company trying to p- pick up uh, TikTok. Someone in chat says that they they think that Microsoft would be a better would be better for TikTok than Oracle. I don't know. Like, Oracle seems like such an unlikely bidder that I don't know what an Oracle-owned TikTok would look like. Because the thing is that TikTok's model is a lot lot like other social media platforms. You collect data from users and you use that to target ads. Oracle's primary business model is not ad-focused at all. It's based on sell- selling license keys and support. So it seems kind of odd for someone like them to pick TikTok. It would be like me announcing one day that I'm going to go go and acquire TikTok. And you'd be like, why? What could you possibly do with it? In the end, though, we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. Oh, yeah. And and another thing. I actually did. I actually did forget about this throughout the week. App Alphabet, the parent company of Google, did actually consider putting a bid in for TikTok. But then ended up uh, reconsidering. After things started to escalate with it. That is the other thing. 
whoever gets a hold of TikTok's U.S. operations, they're buying damaged goods. No matter how you look at it. I mean, TikTok's name has now been pretty badly damaged. I mean, it's not dirt by any means. But a lot of those in the know are going to be like, oh, TikTok. But then again, I also have a feeling that those who are really kind of paying very close attention to the damage that TikTok's name is taking are the same people who didn't really hop on board TikTok at all in the first place. Hmm. In the end, all we can do is sit back and see how it all shakes out. Speaking of seeing how it's going to shake out, a court has ordered Uber and Lyft to reclassify their drivers as employees in the state of California. And the court has also given them a grand total of 10 days to do it. Wait, what? All right, so. Here's how this works. What Uber and Lyft are is that they are what's referred to as ride-sharing companies. That's BS. But we'll get to that in a second. Uber and Lyft provide the software so that drivers, whoever they choose to be, can pick up people who want something akin to a taxi ride and drive them there. The original concept, thus being the ride-sharing platform TM, is that you just pick up people on your way to wherever you're going and thus a more efficient world world for all. In reality, it basically just gave uh, pretty much any Joe Schmo the ability to run a taxi, which then caused all sorts of other problems because taxis had to be vetted, and then also get a taxi license to operate in that city, and yada, 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 yada. So this sort of thing with Uber and Lyft has been going on for years. All right, there's that for starters. One of the things that Uber and Lyft have tried to do to try and get around a lot of this is to say that the drivers are independent contractors, meaning that those drivers are responsible for maintaining their own vehicle. They bring their own, they bring their own tool, tools and whatnot, but they keep all the, all the revenue except for Uber and Lyft's cut. Now, I personally think the way that it's operated, that is true. The driver does have full control, with minor exceptions, over what vehicle they use to drive, provide their own insurance to drive said vehicle, 
as well as get, get the fuel, maintain it, and all that. In the actual transportation industry, that kind of that kind of profession is what's referred to as an owner-operator. That's exactly how Uber and Lyft, Lyft drive. That's how exactly how Uber and Lyft function. If they were an employee, that would then go to what we refer to in the transport operation as a company driver. It's the company's vehicle. It's the company's insurance. The company pays for all the maintaining of the vehicle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So on the whole argument, I would say that Uber and that Uber and Lyft drivers would on paper qualify as independent contractors. That's the way they've laid it out. That being said, I do think it's bull the cuts that Uber and Lyft give on top of the rates that Uber and Lyft set. That's where I stand on the whole thing. This court, however, does not agree with me. They feel that Uber and Lyft drivers are employees. And they had 10 days to do it. Well, as someone in the chat pointed out, Uber and Lyft then panicked because there's no way they can very quickly readjust how they do everything Mm, excuse me had to readjust everything they work with in in 10 days they couldn't do it so they filed an appeal and thus The appeal moved forward, and what was placed on the case is what's referred to as a stay. Meaning that the previous ruling does not go into effect until after the appeal is heard. So fortunately right now, Uber and Lyft... Well, they don't have to do anything right now other than prepare to keep their business model intact until I am trying to find the date in which the appeal is heard. Mid-October is what we have here. Now, someone in the chat actually did point out one important thing. And this is one part that I actually do dislike about the Uber Lyft model. Uber and Lyft set the price. And those drivers that are supposed independent contractors have no say in how much they charge. Like, for example, what if I went out And I got 
a freaking 15 seating uh, van and then just did a whole bunch of Uber and Lyft rides. But in order to compensate, I'd say, hey, this is my price. I can go haul, you know, large parties, no problem. But this is my price as a result. I can't do that. In fact, going out and getting a vehicle for Uber and Lyft at the rates they charge is not an option at all. There's no way you'd make your money back potentially ever. So that is one of the big problems with it. Other than that, You know, everything else points to independent contractor. Now, if the, now I don't know how the ruling came down exactly. I did not have the time to go and read how exactly the judge came to their consensus that Uber and Lyft drivers are employees. If that was the sole grounds, then yeah, I agree with the court. 100%. So needless to say, this is going to get very, very interesting in about two months. About two months, because this is going to determine a lot. You know what else is getting very, very interesting? Oh, right. I forgot about that story. All right. Before I get to the next story, I do want to remind people, and this is actually going to hurt Uber quite a bit in these appeals. Um... The Uber security chief was, in fact, arrested recently for obstruction of justice for covering up a hack back in 2016. So Uber has that going on in the background in addition to their staffing model problems. Oh, boy. All right, now let's move on to the wonderful story of Fortnite versus Apple. Oh, boy. So for those who somehow do not know this, because this this story is now leaking into the mainstream. It's not just in tech news. Sorry for those who hear the ice rattling around. Rally around to my uh, water bottle. Normally, my water bottle isn't picked up on the mic because of the ice. You can hear it. So I got to be more careful with my water. For those who are unaware, I'm going to go in order of how things went down so far in this battle. Epic Games first launched a new payment options, a new payment option on the iOS platform and on the Android platform for their mobile version of Fortnite, where you could just go ahead and purchase 
I believe it was V-Bucks, the actual uh, fake currency for Fortnite outside of the app, and they sold it at a discount. Because, of course, you don't have to pay the Apple Google tax. For those who do not know, when you purchase anything on the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store, the developer gets 70% of that cut, and then the, the remaining 30% goes to Apple or Google. And this is regardless of everything, by the way. There's been a lot of people pointing out that Steam also does a 30% cut, but they only do it after a threshold of how well your game sells. Granted, that's been adjusted because of the Epic Game Store, but it still wasn't that steep from the get-go. There was still a curve. There was also an entry fee into the, into the Steam store as well. It's what prevented me from posting a joke game on the uh, on Steam. But I digress. That's what sparked this whole thing. And it was clear that Epic wanted to start this fight. Because after they did this, Apple and Google both pulled Fortnite out of their platforms. Now on Android, you can still download Fortnite onto your phone. Why you would do this is beyond me, but you can do it through the Samsung app store currently. There might be a few other app stores where you can do it. And if you were especially brave, you could in fact just download the Fortnite Android app file and just plug your phone or your computer and just sideload it. I mean, if you really wanted to for reasons. Well, needless to say, it didn't take long for Epic to then launch their their anti-Apple yeah, I'll, I'll just call it what it is their anti-Apple propaganda no, not really because what they're it, no, no, a propaganda is not the right word Regardless, they launched their anti-Apple video that directly parodied Apple's, what was it, 1984 uh, commercial? It doesn't matter. Going out and commenting about how Apple has a walled garden and that you must play by Apple's rules or else they take an enormous cut Etc. 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 And you should totally tweet at Apple with the hashtag free Fortnite. All right. That is where we stand right now.
Wait, it was a 1984 Super Bowl commercial? I guess that does explain why it's so re- why it, why that particular Apple commercial is so surreal. It was a Super Bowl commercial. I swear, every single time there is a surreal, bizarre commercial. It's always a Super Bowl commercial. But in any case, that is where, that is how the battle of Fortnite versus Apple has gone up until this week. We're going to take a break when we come back. Let's talk about what has all happened this week. Because I'm just going to, I'm just going to warn you. It's going to be bigger than we thought it was going to be. And we already thought it was going to be pretty big. Modern Leaders 
It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. As the battle grows between Epic Games and Apple, the thing that is coming up the most is saying, you know, what is this going to do for antitrust? Because the biggest argument Epic Games has against Apple is the fact there is literally no other option. If you want to be on this admittedly huge platform. The only way is through Apple. There is no other way. So, a lot of people are speculating that the U.S. government may have to step in on how this whole thing shakes out. And once again, like I said last week, what you need to do, what you really need to do is just go get a big one-gallon glass bowl And go get whatever your favorite flavor of popcorn is. Salt it well, butter it well, or if you prefer the caramel or cheese powdered kind, you know, go go prep it however you want. And just sit back and relax. This battle is going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mostly because of some of the moves that Apple is performing like revoking epic games toolkit before developing on ios which includes the dev tools used to develop the unreal engine on ios that means If they go through with this, which I believe they have already. This means that games running on the Unreal Engine cannot be updated for the latest versions of iOS. This means when the next version of iOS launches, I believe that's iOS 13, it doesn't matter. When that launches in a couple months there's a decent chance a large number of very high-end games on iOS will 
be dead. Because the game has to be updated for that operating system. And if Epic Games, the developers of Unreal Engine, do not have those dev tips to update Unreal Engine, then those other games that use Unreal Engine can't update, and therefore, the games would be unplayable on a newer version of iOS. That being said, it is also possible that the updates to the Unreal Engine for iOS 13, assuming that's the next version, I can't remember off the top of my head, then that means all those games would still be fine, and it would just be the next update to iOS, where all those games would be D-E-D dead. Well... I'm not going to lie, Apple, that's that's a very, very um, nuclear approach to this problem. You want to talk about cutting off your nose despite your face. That's a, that's a lot. And that's the other thing I should also point out. This isn't just Unreal Engine for iOS. This is Unreal Engine for all Mac operating systems. Which, yeah, for watchOS, it doesn't matter. But that includes tvOS that Apple is pretending can be a game console. And macOS. Man. That puts all 12 games that can run on macOS in danger. We'll be back to an era when the only games that run on macOS is Warcraft 3 and chess. <laughs> How many games are actually even on Mac on macOS? I am actually legitimately curious. Like, I have no idea since the Mac App Store launched and there was new revitalized need to, or rather need, but, um, desire to game, uh, or to, to develop for macOS again. Apparently, oh, Sims is on, uh, on macOS. I don't think Sims runs in Unreal Engine, so that would be fine. Which GPUs are available for macOS? Um, the Radeon 7. The Radeon 5700 series. Um... I'd assume the the new high end uh uh new Navi GPUs when they're out would also be available. Does Unreal Engine not run on AMD GPUs? No, that can't be right. No, that's silly. 
the point is, is that this, while on macOS it doesn't matter a whole lot, Unreal Engine is used quite a lot on iOS games. You wouldn't believe it, but it is. And that could be a really, really big deal. Like, that's really the, the big focus here. The, uh, the iOS platforms are the... And that's pretty much where all the games are in the Apple ecosystem. Macs, like we've been making fun of forever, have no GPU performance whatsoever because they're just like... I have no idea. Like, did NVIDIA just, just pee in Apple's cereal one day? And Apple just hasn't forgiven them? Did NVIDIA just not offer them a beer at, like, a frat house party one day? And Apple just, like, hasn't forgiven them for not asking them out to the prom? What happened that Apple just spurned NVIDIA so badly? I'm so curious, and I'm never going to know. So, as the fight evolves, Apple has openly said they will not make an exception for Epic Games. And you're thinking, well, of course, Apple won't make an exception for Epic Games. They never made an exception for anyone. Wrong! That's probably the best part about this. They have made an exception for this in-app purchasing. They have given an exception to Amazon and to Netflix by only taking a 15% cut instead of a 30% cut. Wait, why? What? Did Netflix and Amazon ask Apple out to the prom? And NVIDIA didn't? What is the deal here? There's so many questions and we're going to get so few answers. Well, in any case. The fight then continues and it's gonna be very interesting to see how this shakes out and you know like i said big old one gallon bowl of popcorn get in your lounge chair and just watch the fireworks this gonna be good and then on top of all this Spotify and Sonos are also kind of looking at uh, this whole thing with with Epic and and uh, Apple and going, hey, wait, what about us? And that's actually a good question, huh? Hmm. Now, to be clear. 
because the question's going to happen in chat. Spotify and Sonos and all of that are not leaving the Apple ecosystem. They are still on it despite the fact that they have to pay the full amount. And someone in the chat, someone in the chat, and I know they came, they came back a little late. They, they, they popped in a little bit after I made this point. But uh, they, they, they said, this is exactly why Apple needs to hold the line. Except they didn't. Again. Apple cut the fee down in half for Amazon and Netflix. And that could be, in fact, what sparked all of this. Oh, boy. And on top of that, the New York Times and Washington Posts are also wondering what's it going to take to cut 30% down to 15%. Oh boy. This again, just butter popcorn. It gonna be good. In the meantime, Epic is in fact holding a uh, a Fortnite tournament. They are calling the free Fortnite Cup that happened, well, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, it happened yesterday, August 23rd. If you're listening to me live, it's happening right now, and none of you are going to join, probably. And I don't blame you. What I find amusing is that the reward is either a free Fortnite cap with their little llama logo with the Apple rainbow colors or an in-game suit of the Apple-headed evil executive. Man, Epic, you really, really, really want to just go ahead and just make sure that every single kid using Fortnite is pro you and anti Apple. <laughs> How else do you look at it like this? Oh man, you know, you want to know? I want to know what do, what does the black market look like right now for jailbroken iPhones so you can play Fortnite on it. There's the real question. Let me tell you, there, there, there might be some profit to be made for getting a whole bunch of iPod touches, jailbreaking them, and then selling them on eBay for maximum profit. Actually, you know what? Let's go to eBay right now and find out. We're going to go to eBay.com. I'm going to say iOS Fortnite. 
$5,000 for an iPhone 11 with Fortnite on it. Holy cow. A thousand or $1,000 opening bid iPhone 8 Plus with Fortnite on it or a buy it now for five grand. Holy cow. All right. I want to see completed listings and not ones that people are praying they can actually get. Come on. Where we go? Where we go? They moved. Where is it? God. Oh, here we go. Show only completed items. That ended. It didn't look like they got anything. Okay. All right. Phew. 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 Okay. Good news. Good news. All of these outrageous listings, um, they have completed with no bids on them. In fact, this one for an iPhone 6 with Fortnite on it for 100 bucks got zero bids. All right. I do live in a sane world in which nobody is trying to get on board this. Oh, phew. I feel so much better. Did this buy it now actually sell? Oh, this one actually might have... Someone might have actually bought bought one uh, iPhone 11 Pro Max for 2500 with Fortnite on it. That's at least only double markup. Only. Someone in chat said, you know, for this kind of money, you could go buy a Mac Pro. Yeah. Yeah, all of these. All right, all right, good. I do live in a sane world. Where, okay, here's the only one. Okay, so when it's a buy it now and it was bought, the price turns green. So no one actually bought this $2,500 iPhone 11 Pro Max with Fortnite installed. The only confirmation we have that someone has paid money for an iPhone with Fortnite installed is eight ninety nine? Slow freaking clap. <laughs> Woo! All right, all right. Well, scalpers tried. Scalpers tried. None succeeded. All right, as this fight also continued, Apple did publicly say that Epic is putting the entire App Store model at risk, that this entire emergency is entirely of Epic's own making. Now... In Apple's defense, they're not wrong. This whole thing was instigated by Epic. And yeah, it is putting the entire App Store model at risk. I would argue, though, is that necessarily a bad thing? It is literally the only way to install applications on an Apple device unless you jailbreak it and therefore void your warranty 
is 30% too much to ask for? Hmm. It is a good question. Well, on that same sort of thing, the lawsuit also revealed that Epic Games did try to negotiate a side deal prior to the lawsuit with Apple. So it's clear that Epic has been trying to negotiate down the rate before the whole thing went down and Epic decided to instigate further. Well, good. I would kind of hope so. I really, really would hope that Epic would try to get this resolved without just being a giant jag and doing all this nonsense and causing all this kerfuffle. You know, it's rather important that a business would talk to another business and try to talk things out before doing something drastic like just open, openly and aggressively break a contract. You know, just saying. It's good that these kind of negotiations go on. What do you mean I sound like I'm, tr- I'm trying to inject my own personal life into this? No, I'm not. Yes, I am. This is how things work. In the corporate environment. You talk. You negotiate. And then when you feel that one side is not acting in good faith, you take more drastic options. Like Epic Games has. You can argue that what Epic Games has done is more drastic than what is necessary. And I would agree that it is. But then again, here we are. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Another area where Apple is uh, not exactly acting in the best faith in the world.
Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. Speaking of other things that Apple's been up to, Apple has filed a patent for a real on-demand cloud gaming service. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that uh, Apple has straight up forbidden Xbox Game Pass Stadia or PlayStation Now on iPhones. Hmm. I wonder. That very well could be, but honestly, um I'm willing to bet that this will not see the light of day. I'll I'll be real here. For those who are really hoping for a Apple-based ga- cloud gaming service, oh my gods! Do you have any idea how many cool things Apple files a patent for and then never makes good on it, only to file the patent to absolutely beat up another tech company with the rolled-up patent? Like a dog o- owner thwacks the the snoot of of, the, of their dog when he's being a bad dog, it happens all the time with Apple. I swear, only one out of a hundred patents that Apple files ever underline ever make it into a product. I kid you not. I mean, think about it. Where is the iPhone with a projector built into it? Where's the dual screen iMac that has a second touchscreen that folds down? I'm just saying, odds are better than not. Apple will most likely not make a cloud gaming service. I'm not saying this 
just because, oh, hey, because Apple's already got this, that, or the other thing planned. I, I'm, I'll be legit. I have no good evidence other than the fact that saying there's a patent for a cloud gaming service means absolutely squat. For whether a service will exist or not. Now that being said though, if you want to feel a little bit sicker, uh, Apple is now worth $2 trillion. All right, well, I'm thoroughly depressed. Let's move on. Let's move on and talk about literally anything else. Oh, here we go. Some good news. Some actual Apple news that's good. The independent repair shop policy has been revised. So now, repair shops that are not Apple authorized service providers can now order parts for Macs. This is great! Oh boy! Now the everyday Joe Schmo who has a freaking li- little side business can, to repair that sort of stuff can get the parts, right? <laughs> no. Just no. Because here's the problem, alright? Yes. Those who are actually in the program can now get parts for Max. This is now on top of the ability to get parts for certain iPhones. That's how the program initially opened. So small shops can now get access to more, but, but in order to get the part, you need to collect an absurd underline absurd amount of information from the customer including the serial number of the Mac and to return the defective part so get this let's say and actually here's a really great example now that I think about it There is someone that I was helping out before the great virus moved in and ruined life as we know it. They had a MacBook Pro, the 2009 generation, that had a bad fan. It also had a bad battery. The machine will not boot without the battery installed, by the way. Thanks, Apple. Thanks for that. I could not get the fan. The, the fan was not an available part from uh, from independent sellers. The battery was. However, if I got it from Apple, I would have to send first to Apple the fan and battery. The customer now wouldn't have any machine rather than just a loud machine for over a week it would take over a week for the part to go to apple and then for them to send you a new one 
And that's after I collect a whole bunch of information from the customer, including the serial number of the machine, as well as a whole bunch of other fun stuff. From the point of view of someone who has, in fact, run a repair shop, this is stupid. What is expected of repair shops is that the turnaround for a repair is quick. That is key. It is a fast, speedy repair. It is expected of us if we get a if we get a laptop in that we have that laptop up and running either that same day or the next day. And yes, our shop repaired Max before they fired me. Then after that, they stopped repairing Max because that was the only one who knew how to fix Max. But I digress. We had parts on hand. We had tons upon tons of both new and tested confirmed used hard drives. And we give the option to the customer. You know, it'll cost this much with this hard drive or it'll cost this much with, with that hard drive. At that time, it was just hard drives. SSDs were only just starting to come out as a solution outside of a data center. So I'll just be blunt about this. The entire independent repair shop program. This is not Apple trying to make good with those of us that want to be able to repair our devices and extend the life of a device as long as possible. This is Apple making a headline. That's it. That's all Apple did here. Because they wanted this headline on 9to5Mac. In policy reversal, Apple now lets independent repair shop service Max. Bull! Technically, yes, they can service Max. But not in any way, shape, or form that would actually be deemed usable To anyone, to really anyone, really. I would say to professionals where uptime is key, but like, let's be honest. Someone who just goofs around on their freaking Mac to go edit iMovies, freaking videos of, of, of like family events or whatnot, or they just use their MacBook to go surf Facebook or whatever. Would you want to, would you, would, if you were that person, would you want to wake a, wait a week or two? No. No. I would honestly say a week to repair anything, unless it's like a major overhaul, like I have to go order a custom screen for a device or a motherboard. 
it's just not going to happen. If it's just like a hardware replacement or a battery replacement or even a keyboard replacement. Oh, God. Frickin' modern Apple keyboards are just... Ugh, those are a nightmare to fix. Oh, man. Thank God I got out of the repair business before uh, those started showing up in any mass number. Oh, God. I think I would... I I think, like, as soon as I find a freaking... Uh, like, if a freaking... If one of the butterfly switch MacBook Pros came into the shop back when I worked there, I think I would actually like hop over my desk and scream running out the door. I absolutely would not want to take a Dremel to freaking cut the keyboard away from the chassis. Just no. God, no. Uh, Chat's trying to trigger me with topics about Chromebooks, but here's the thing here's actually a big problem and actually a problem i'm trying to fix for someone at my current place of work here's the big problem right now in fact actually a lot of veterans of the podcast will know usually about two weeks ago i usually do a segment of the podcast i call the road warriors guide to laptops notice how it hasn't happened this year There's a reason for that. It's very difficult for me to recommend any laptops because your ability to get a laptop at all is extremely limited, new or used. Now, we could go back and forth for quite some time about whether schools should open in person, have the students physically there in the school, or learn virtually from at home. And honestly, that in itself is a very fascinating discussion. Because there are a lot of great points for both sides. I've thought about it for a long time. I still can't decide either way which which is the far better way to go. Here's one thing that is undeniable. This great debate has absolutely killed the laptop supply. Veterans of the podcast know I am adamantly, underline, adamantly against purchasing any Chromebooks, new or used. I have a coworker. I'm not going to me- mention their name, obviously. They know I used to be in the laptop refurbishing business. They know I have connections to multiple different computer vendors. And they straight up asked me, can you get a hold of a laptop? I need it for my son because he's not going to be able to go to school. 
He needs it to learn virtually. The supply chain is empty. I have been hounding, underline, hounding on my supply chain, just telling me, just get me anything, freaking anything. Even if it's a skeleton laptop, fine. I'll go find the parts and get it working. Because I mean, it's, it's for someone trying to go to school. It's for a little kid. You want to make sure they can get whatever education they can. And I'm not going to lie. I saw a lot of Chromebooks and I, I tried to call them up and say, hey, get me one of those Chromebooks. Because it would have fit the bill. It would have ran the web apps that are needed for home schooling. Now, unfortunately for me, the lot was available for all of four minutes and someone bought it before I even had a chance to place the call. That is how fast this stuff is moving. A hidden supply line that only like a couple hundred different companies know about and these laptops regardless of whether they're freaking Chromebooks that have minimal use cases ThinkPads that are very versatile heck even the freaking Police-grade tough books. Are all being bought up as quickly as they can by used computer shops. And no, funny enough, because chat's speculating that it's the school that bought them up. It's not the school let them go. It was a lot that actually came from a school. Which then just raises more questions. Oh, man. I'll, I'll say this right now. Someone in chat asked, uh, that same person in chat asked, did, did another school district just pick them up? No, I know who, who got them. I'm not going to say, who, I'll basically say this. It was another used computer shop. That picked him up. Oh, that's good water. So, yeah, I'll just say this much. Um, I'm not, I don't want to like try to cause a panic. But here's what I would do. If you are in the same situation as um as my coworker friend here, all right? The best thing I can recommend is go on to a to a used site. Look up something like Dell Latitude. And the reason I recommend the Dell Latitudes is because these are by far one of the most common laptops that are purchased 
by by businesses. So there's usually when they're bought, they're bought in like bulks of like hundreds and let go in bulks of hundreds. So that's probably where most likely the price are going to be. Like here's actually a pretty decent one, a Latitude E6420. When it comes to these Latitudes, pretty much any, like the oldest I actually would go is the E6, the sec, the the third digit number doesn't matter. And then the last two, the 20, that'd be the oldest I'd go. 20 is the oldest I'd go, then 30, then 40, then 50, then 60. Once you're past 60, then they're starting to get new enough that uh, the price doesn't justify it. You're going to end up back in like the six, seven, eight hundred dollar range. Otherwise, you could pick up something like that for like, for like a hundred bucks. Easy. Then all you need is just a copy of Windows 10. And bada bing, bada boom, you're off to the races. However, you see something like this Dell Latitude Gaming Laptop HD LED Intel Core i5 16 gig RAM SSD HDMI. No, it is <laughs> the Dell Latitude is not under any circumstances a gaming laptop. This guy is smoking crack. If he thinks that this laptop can game anything other than Minesweeper. I'm actually curious. Does he list the GPU? Onboard graphics! The sucker has the the Intel HD graphics 5500 gaming laptop! Oh my god. Idiot. Those are the kind of things you want to avoid. Because he is blatantly... He threw gaming laptop in there. Solely for the purpose of getting hits. It's those kind of things you should keep an eye on. That being said, he's trying to sell this for $400. And he has no make an offer listing. If he had make an offer, I would offer him 200 I would offer like half that. Just straight up. Uh, other ones to look for is uh, are the HP Elite books. The HP Elite books are also ones that are sold in bulk. And the Lenovo ThinkPad. Although Lenovo ThinkPads, I'll be perfectly honest, the ThinkPads hold their value. But they're also very solid machines. Actually, here's here's one. A oh, that's uh, that's a bid. Oh yeah. Otherwise, if you're not sure about about something, you know, these sort of these sort of things, the used laptop market is an area where 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 I, I mean, not 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 to brag, but it's an area where I actually do excel. And please, if you have any questions, email me, eaglefalcontech at gmail.com, or just visit our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. I've got all my contacts and whatnot there. I'll answer questions. I have no problem answering used laptop questions in this very confusing time in which people think that a latitude, that a freaking business grade latitude that's ready to run Excel. Is a gaming laptop. Oh my lord. 
That being said, though, we are running very low on time as far as getting that sort of thing. On the bright side, though, uh, Google Chrome. It will is excuse me is experimenting with a feature that will allow websites to switch to battery saving mode in the near future. Chat says it can run Minesweeper. It's a gaming laptop. Yep. Minesweeper. No, 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 no. You know what the modern equivalent is now? It can run Google Stadia. It's a gaming laptop. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. They're just going to say, hey, it runs anything as long as you use Google Stadia or NVIDIA Now or Xbox gaming thing. That is going to be the stupid scam move of the used laptop vendor now. I can al- I can already see how this nonsense is going to go. Mm, God, I hate it. I hate it so much. In any case, Google Chrome will allow websites to switch to battery saving mode in the near future, which can extend a bat- uh, device's battery life up to two hours, according to Google. I want to see this. I want to see this. Oh, there we go. It runs uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, therefore gaming laptop. Uh, By the way, do not let your kids, unless they are like of age to see very horrifically scarring stuff, do not let them play Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm not going to say much more than that, but you know. It can it, it can get dark. Oh man! Speaking of games, EA Access and Origin Access, those two services have now merged to become one. It is now just referred to as EA Play. Why is this significant? Why should you care? I'll tell you why you should care. You should know what EA is doing. Just so you know what not to fall for. I'm just saying. Someone in chat says it's the fusion dance. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's the frickin' Dragon Ball Z fusion dance, except Origin Access was made by EA. In another story, though, um, speaking of gaming, Nintendo had their Indie World Showcase this past week, and um, I'm not going to lie. There was some, I would say the 20-minute presentation, I would say, what, 14 minutes of it was just kind of meh. There was some very interesting games in there. And then you forgot about all of them because you heard that House House is going to be releasing a patch to allow co-op play in Goose Game. Come on, be honest. Who here remembers a single game that was announced in the Nintendo Indie World Showcase that wasn't Goose Game? Anyone? Bueller? 
Bueller. Bueller. Yeah, exactly. Which is weird because there was one game that was actually really interesting that you played as a... Um, I forgot what it was called now and I feel bad about it. I did add it to my pile of... Uh, of uh, games to play down the road where you played as a uh, game developer and you were trying to make and you were making games for your um for what is assumed to be your your bedridden brother or something like that it was kind of interesting but then of course you immediately forgot about it because multiplayer untitled goose game And oh, and by the way, if you were wondering, does Nintendo have a new Nintendo Direct coming out soon? Um, people are saying yes. No one knows when. So the correct answer is nobody knows. We're going to take our last break here. When we come back, let's talk about NVIDIA. Because the NVIDIA stuff is very... Very interesting, especially these new leaked photos of what could be the new 3090. That is not a Titan card.
Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. We have a new leaked photo of the RTX 3090, according to videocards.com. And this time around, we actually have a lot more detail about the card. And we have noticed something that I think I commented on, but I wasn't sure of. Back when we got the first blurry picks, these much clearer picks have in fact shown that the RTX 3090 with this weird dual fan configuration, but one fan on one side and one on the other, is a triple slot card. What? All right. So most graphic cards are what are what are called dual slots. They take up two they only have one connector onto the board, but they take up two spaces in the back of the case. This has become so normal you even see it on servers. Which first off seems silly to me that we're now in a in a time when GPUs in a server is actually considered common. Like that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. The other thing of note is that these pictures, first off, the back cover doesn't give us a whole lot of information as to what kind of power connector this sucker has. We still have no idea what kind of wattage this monster of a card is going to pull. The other thing of note, it is longer and wider than the previous RTX 2080. So what? Let me tell you something about card standards. One of the reasons that I am able to go ahead and pick up, say, an HP Z440 workstation and just slap in any any GPU and call it a day is because these sort of workstations are built basically for what's considered a standard graphics card. 
Heck, in the R720 that is my new editing server, it even has spacers, mounters, and even directs airflow based on the normal size of these cards. The RTX 2080 is such a card that it's sized for that. The 3090 is not in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot of what's considered sleeper ITX builds that will physically not be able to fit this Founders Edition of the RTX 3090. And that's actually been a very popular build style. Taking these small, compact cases and throwing a little bit of water cooling to optimize the cooling potential and then just put it all together and you have this very small compact box that has all the gaming power in a world it is not going to be possible with this card because it is so massive The other thing I'm also noticing, um, as far as I can tell, there is no SLI bridge on this 3090. And granted, we don't see the top or the side, however you want to call it, of the card. But if that's gone, then holy cow, SLI is really, really dead. Despite the fact that NVIDIA just redid the SLI collector and now they call it what? NVLink? I think is what they call it. But I don't see any evidence of that connector. It might be between these two screws. And it might just be because it's so massive that it doesn't matter. That it's just like it could be in the middle of the card for all that matters. But just a thing. I mean, this is what the Founders Edition card is. This is supposed to be what the standard is for this RTX 3090 card. What the heck is the RTX 3090 EVGA Black Classified Edition going to look like? Is it going to be as big as my monitor? What the hell? What are you? August 31st, by the way. Just remember. August 31st. Or September 1st, according to video card. I could have swore the countdown was to August 3rd. Oh, it doesn't matter. We're gonna. We're. I'm. When's the next uh, podcast I'm recording? Damn. It's uh. I'm recording again on the thirtieth. 
Dang it, no matter what, I'm not gonna have RTX 30 news late yet. That's confirmed. Ugh. Oh, who cares? I'm not gonna be able to afford the RTX 3000 series anyway. What does it matter? Someone in the chat just mentioned why, and I have been pounding the freaking table for months. Probably for too long, but for freaking months, I have been pounding the table saying, don't buy a GPU yet. Because these cards are going to come out. And either A, they're going to be a compelling purchasing argument, or B, there is going to be a flood of old GPUs that are going to seem pretty dang attractive. And I say that as someone that's looking at his Z440 with a GTX 1060 he bought off someone for 60 bucks and saying, you know, building a new PC for gaming seems pretty attractive right about now because that thing is struggling. heck for how much those cpus go for it probably is cheaper just to build a new pc Ugh. i don't know why those zeons are holding on to their value so much we have new renders of the google pixel 5 and i'm not gonna lie i don't care There's a hole punch in the screen in the upper left-hand corner. There's a square camera bump because that's the world I live in now where everyone has to have a square camera bump in the corner. It looks like it has two or three cameras on it, and I don't care. I really, really don't care. But you're going to hear about it in October, and I don't care. Give me a good reason to buy it. Until then, I don't care. AMD is going to be launching their super budget A520 motherboards that'll support up to 64 gigs of RAM, Turbo M.2, only PCI Express 3, I want to say, and I am correct? Yes. Yes. Only PCI Express Gen 3. Uh, three 16x PCI, PCIe Gen 3 slots, etc., etc., etc. Does not support overclocking, does not support dual graphics. But you know, depending on the price, might be something to be interested in. Yeah, I'm not sure though. You know what's going to really determine whether the A520 um thing is going to be worth it over over the next step up the B550. If the Nvidia 3000 cards show a significant performance boost from having PCI Express Gen 3 over PCI Express Gen 4. That's going to be a big telling point. We shall see. 
In other weird news that's still kind of fascinating, the PS5 DualSense triggers will have the feature to physically lock up when your weapons jam on the PS5. Um, I, I, um, I have a question. What game has your weapon jam? I I need to know so I can avoid it. Like, don't get me wrong. If there was a game that your weapon actually had a chance to jam... I would much prefer the DualSense triggers where you can feel it jam than me sitting there on my frickin' Xbox or whatever just constantly hitting the trigger and go, why won't, why no fire goo thing now, yes? Like, that's a much better experience. But why is that a feature in a game? Oh my god! I look to a game to escape realism! The last thing I want is the horrific sense of being a soldier on a field and my machine gun jammed as I'm being mauled to death by pick a thing. <laughs> Chat says, "My little pony, there was there once was a war." I am 99% certain that is not a real game. If it is, though, I have way more questions than I could ever say on a podcast. Alright, so, we're just going to shift gears radically and never question a uh, a first-person shooter game under the My Little Ponies IP. Because that is something that the world does not need, ever. Um, we have here from the drive AI claims flawless victory going undefeated in digital dogfight with a human fighter pilot. Ah, I see. Fantastic. So when Skynet takes over, we know that we have no chance in beating Skynet in air-to-air combat and with air superiority that is how the machines will take over and dominate the human race fantastic this is useful news and both very fascinating at how great our ai capabilities have come but also absolutely horrifying in both the case of the concept of actual AI-powered fighter jets that could be used in a future war, or in the fictional takeover of the machines over the human race. So we're going to shift gears before Skynet becomes real, and instead... Move on to the last burb, the last story of the day, and quite possibly one of the weirder stories of the day.
And the reason this one beats out the AI dogfight is because it makes me ask so many questions. Facebook's AI can generate MRI images in minutes instead of an hour. How? Exactly how is this AI going to generate MRI images that are accurate in just minutes compared to the actual trained professional that we currently use today? It's what's the AI going to do? Estimate what the MRI image is going to be? Are we going to use Facebook algorithms to assume everything is fine after a certain point? I, I'm like this, this, this doesn't seem like a great plan. What's the accuracy of an AI guessing how the rest of the MRI is going to go? Just by the first take. I have seen MRIs being done. Granted, it has in fact been like five years since I've picked up for uh, for that MRI trailer. So it's been a while since I've seen the MRI machine actually like generate the images. But it does take it quite some time to get it clearer more accurate representation of what is going on in the human body. You can't just estimate that. I I should clarify, because it's been asked in, in chat, what an MRI is. An MRI is a medical device that uses uh, magnets as well as other technology that I don't recall off the top of my head to generate a picture of what's going on in the human body. It's normally used to look at brain activity. Someone in chat, I think, has just nailed this. Facebook knows how your brain looks like anyway, so it just pulls the data from Facebook and just assumes, yeah, this is what it is. That's how it's going to really go. It's not not even going to, it's not even going to involve the the armor machine. You just, oh, Jesus. I got thrown off by uh, the echo very suddenly doing a very loud notification right in my ear. But. You know what? I I think with that, we're just ready to just call this before I question more things about my life. The other thing is that it's also apparently more aimed towards... You know what? Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you, please check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb briefing which you can find wherever you found this podcast itunes google podcasts iHeartRadio, 
Spreaker, Stitcher, literally everywhere that you can get podcasts. And check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. I stream there way more often than anyone who does as much as I do does. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. So, so I just want to know. Once the AI takes my MRI and then estimates the rest of my brain, how long until Facebook just skips a few steps, just clones me, and just gets it over with? I mean, if Facebook's going to get into the AI sor- sort of medical Im- imaging space, just just collect the data, just make clones, and just... Just take over the world already. Let's just get it over with. We know that's where this is going. We know that's what Facebook's going to do. It's going to be the Skynet. Everyone in chat is mentioning when's it going to happen, and they're all saying moments in the past. Let's just get it over with. Come on. It's just, or maybe it's already begun. Maybe I already am a Facebook pod person. Nah, that can't be it. I've been bashing Facebook way too much. But then again, that's what a pod person would do to bring suspicion off them. Maybe my entire rant, joking as it is, about how we're all going to be replaced by Facebook pod people, was all a diversion because it's already begun.
Thank you.